step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Well, greetings, Imagination Connoisseurs. Once again, it is I, your Duke of Dope Discourse, your master of fun and wonder, your vice for a verisimilitude, and as John Campia once called me your existential Mr. Rogers, Robert Myrnett. And I'm here with another John Campia show mailbag. And what better way to start a mailbag than to just dive right in. And who do we have up first? That's right. We have Fabian Vegas, one of four. Well, I learned my lesson, took my mother to see no way home. I've been watching the MCU with her for the last year and she was super hyped. We entered the showing room and some guy was sitting in our seats. He moved on over, so I was sitting next to him. The first 30 minutes of the film, he was on his phone with his brightness to 100. I couldn't contain myself and asked him if he could shut off his phone or turn down the brightness. He responded with, just watch the fucking movie and stop looking at my screen. If it's bothering you, stop looking at it. So that was fun. Near the end of the film, we were laughing and cheering and he told us to shut the fuck up. Since he wanted to watch the film, I was being rude and an asshole in his words. Fabian finishes off by saying during the credits, he quickly left. Am I the asshole? Well, at least my mom still had a great time regardless of events. You know what, Fabian? I once read that I forget who said this, but it's a famous saying, hell is other people. And it's true. I, I don't understand where the loss of civility came from. And I, I get it. People watch movies in their homes now, and I've been doing it for 40 years, and I, I, I love doing it actually my whole life since I started out as a kid before home video uh, and still watch movies, and I never talked. I don't understand why people – we live in a world now where I think everybody – like I've lived my life looking at things outside of me and, and experiencing them, but now I think we live in a world – because of our phones where everyone wants things to come into them, that what they want, what they think about, and what's happening inside of them is the most important thing in the world. I've always thought the exact opposite. And let me tell you, what I like to do in situations like this is to adopt my Clint Eastwood voice and say, uh, if you don't put your phone away right this moment, I'm going to slit your throat from ear to ear. Actually, I wouldn't advise everybody to do that, but hey, I've only done that actually once, and it worked. Although, to be honest, I probably shouldn't ever do that again. But that's just me. Anyway, the Guardian of Forever. What a Star Trek reference. Hey, John and company, was wondering if you heard the news that the classic sci-fi show Quantum Leaf Leap is going to be rebooted, and apparently Scott Bakula is reprising his role as Dr. Sam Beckett. What do you think of this? Hey, man, I think that's rad. I mean, look, for me, it's always about uh, whether or not the scripts are good and the stories are good. I think um, it would be great to have a Quantum Leap, Leap series back now. With, I mean, it, it could be great. I'm really looking forward to it. Camada uh, sends in a tip. One of six. Hey, John Rob, I apologize that my last tip got cut off. 
<laughs> and not all the messages made it in. There were three messages that got cut off. I'm sorry to Rob that he had to fill in the blanks. The message that was cut was in regards to the private screening of, uh-oh, of it. Ooh, in Port Hope that I wrote a while back before the meeting with Bill Skarsgård. And with the topic of having private screenings to movies we enjoy with people in our community. It was nice to share it with the town I grew up in. This is the local article to the private town screening. Well, folks, you can look at this. Obviously, I can't link to it. but um, And to the missing tip that detailed the scene in the extended edition and theatrical version of Lord of the Rings. When Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli go into the mountains to summon the army of the dead. And my point was that this was an important scene to show who Aragorn was, but then the part where the king says, we fight was an essential scene that for me baffles why they cut it from the theatrical release. I would agree with you. Uh, it's an essential scene to Aragorn as a character and some other scenes in the two towers that help to elaborate on character motivations. And finally, John, I wanted to ask you two questions. Did you finish for all mankind season two? I do not know if he has. And as a dancer myself, I mentioned to Rob, if you'll let me send you a video of me doing the Peacemaker opening dance number. Laugh out loud. I just thought it was one of the greatest things I saw as of late. Well, you know, I, is it is it Canada or is it instead of Canada, it's Canada? I'm going to say Canada. Well, first of all, I'd love to see you do that Peacemaker dance. Bring it on. And uh, look, I don't know if John's seen For All Mankind season two yet, but my God, did that show stick the landing? Wow. And that final shot at the end of season two, dude, come on now. I can't wait. I can't wait. Now, let me go back to these questions that I missed. Uh, first is JF Dorian says, hello, John and crew. Knowing that Sam Raimi is directing Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, do you think we will see a cameo of Bruce Campbell and or the yellow Oldsmobile Delta 88 in it? Two staples of Mr. Raimi's cinematography. Uh, thank you, and keep up the great work. Well, J.F. Dorian, I think we're going to see probably both. Both. And since it is a multiverse, why not see Bruce Campbell as Ash? How cool would that be? With his boomstick, of course. And this is also another time to point out that I worked on Army of Darkness, and uh, I was the makeup effects PA, and I have a credit in that movie. So I would love to see that. The Adrenal Knight says, hello, John, and everyone. <laughs> okay, what do you think about this? Instead of Boba Fett, Take episode one and three, spread them out through season two of Mandalorian, making the Mando episode longer. Take episode four and five, and then make it the beginning of Mando season three. Heck, it's a good idea if I like it. You know, somebody sent me, one of our viewers sent me their cut down of the Book of Boba Fett where they cut it into, I believe, one two-hour long film, which I haven't watched yet, um, which I'm going to watch because that sounds good. I mean, I like this idea, Adrenaline Night. It seems like a lot of work, but hey, I'd, I'd watch it. Absolutely would. The Adrenaline Knight goes on to say, hello again, everyone. One more. In Doctor Strange 2, Wanda ends up good after the events, but the Illuminati see all the damage she can do and makes plans to send her away, making for a World War Hulk situation. WandaVision Season 2. Ooh, I like that idea. Hmm. Hmm. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a really, really, really good idea, actually. I could see that happening. I already did Kamada's uh, uh, questions. So there you go. Zek sends in a tip and says, I think Kenobi is the most important Star Wars project since Force Awakens. I'm very skeptical of 
Joby Harold, the guy they chose to write the show, he has a very thin resume. What do you think of this choice? Well, look, my whole thing is this. All I want from our movies and television and comics and novels is a great story well told. Um, that's it. And I think that people who get hired to write these things should be hired for one reason and one reason alone. They're great writers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't care what kind of person you are, who you are, what you, your sexuality is, what, you're, what you believe in. I just want you to be a great writer and that you can write a great story. That's all that matters to me. So hopefully that, uh, that uh, Joby Harold is that person. I, 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 dude, I'm tuning in. I'm tuning in no matter what. I can't wait to see Obi-Wan. Cannot wait to see Obi-Wan. And I, I just, man, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Gnome, like Gnome Chomsky, but Gnome. Says, hi, John. I'm a huge Potterhead. And every time I hear the John Williams theme, I almost cry, laugh out loud. I really grew up with the films. The first two Fantastic Beasts movies are very underrated, in my opinion, and they have their moments. What's your level of anticipation for the third? Thanks. I got to tell you, uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore is probably my most eagerly awaited of the three Fantastic Beasts movies, only because I love Mads Mikkelsen. I mean, I thought Johnny Depp was great, but I think Mads Mikkelsen is going to, I mean, come on. It's going to wall. He's going to, he's going to crush. Now, I also think the movie, the movie looks, it looks good to me. I mean, I think it looks actually really good. So I'm actually surprised at how my level of excitement for this movie is, is certainly up there. So that's really good. It's really good. Uh, Mutasim, Mutasim says, hello, John and company. Second time writing in, I believe. I read your question before. First was when Rob did the mailbag episode. Hey, you got me again. I hope that's okay with you. Oh my God. I wanted to get your opinion on the movie Primal Fear starring Ed Norton, Richard Gere, Francis McDormand. It's in my top five movies of all time. Thanks for all that you do. Motasem, I call that movie Primal Gear and boy, do I love it. For those of you out there, like I don't want to, how do I say this? If you haven't seen Primal Fear, uh, why? You need to go, run, don't walk, and go see Primal Fear. But now here's the thing I would, I would beg of you. Don't go to Wikipedia and look it up. Don't go to the IMDb. Read no reviews. Read no reviews. Just know you've got Richard Gere, Ed Norton, and Francis McDormand. Watch this movie. I guarantee you, if you don't know about this movie, you know nothing, nothing about this movie, you come back to old Bobby here and you tell me if the end of that movie did not leave your jaw on the floor. 
So, what's awesome? You are awesome, and you have great taste in courtroom dramas. Man, do I love Primal Gear. Kevin Morales sends in a tip and says, since Doctor Strange 2 is being directed by Sam Raimi, what's to say he doesn't make an alternate Reed Richards to be his buddy Bruce Campbell? Ooh, that's a cool idea. I can see him being an alternate Reed Richards and being part of this version of the Illuminati. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. It never occurred to me. Why have I never thought of this great idea? Kevin, you're a better man than I am. I love that idea. Man, now I'm thinking about it. I, I could start, I, you know what? And the audience would love it too. That's not a bad idea at all. I liked it. Dr. Nova sends in a tip and says, since you guys are always talking about your collections, I want you to know about mine. I collect art of my character, Dr. Nova. Today, I got a plushie made of him. He's a red panda. Dr. Nova, the red panda. Looking forward to seeing red because red pandas are the best. Now, how did a red panda become Dr. Nova? Is that a thing? Like, you got to tell us. I need to know. Dr. Nova, I need to know. I need to know. How do I not know? I need to know. Need to know. Dr. Nova, the red panda. I love that you have artwork made of him. Dumbledore Calrissian, one or two. I watched The Mask of Zorro yesterday for the first time since I was a teenager. Damn, what a movie. I was basically smiling from beginning to end. Dude, I love that movie. Also, the sword fight scene between Banderas and Captain Zeta-Jones is legitimately the steamiest scene I've watched in quite some time. She is smoke. Can I say that? Do I get canceled if I say she's a smoke show in that movie? I guess you can say smoke show. Uh, one of the smokiest of the smoke shows I've ever seen in a movie ever. Uh, it's so good. Antonio Banderas is also one. He's a smoke show himself. And when those two get together in that sword fight scene, they're both smoke shows. I mean, it's sizzling. It's that, that there's some real heat or as Prince said, heat between me and you. Oh, man, I love that movie. You know what? Dumbledore Calrissian. I'm going to go watch that movie again because I own it. So, yeah, why not? Uh, Heisenberg, one of two. Hello, John Rob, if he's there. Am I here? I am here. Uh, I was curious about the pay structure of actors when they're working on indie movies versus tentpole movies. The same actor, let's say Robert Downey Jr., gets paid less when he's working on an indie movie as the budget is very low compared to the salary he gets paid when he's working on a tentpole movie, right? Or since Robert Downey Jr. will be in that indie movie, does the budget increase for the movie compared to its originally planned budget? Good. Uh, thank you for your time and bring on the filthy <coughs> Heisenberg. This is a very good question. <coughs> so obviously if an act like a Robert Downey Jr. who plays Iron Man in multiple films, they keep bringing him back. He doesn't just get paid a salary. He usually gets cut in on a bit of the profits. And what you don't want is net profits. You want gross profits or what's called first dollar gross profits. So he might have, I don't know, 10%. So if the movie makes $100 million, Robert Downey Jr. will make $10 million because it's off the top because um, that's the gross because then whatever the movie makes, the theaters take some, the studio has to take some. <clears throat> but if you have first dollar gross, you can get that. So Robert Downey Jr. might get paid an exorbitantly high salary. Like, let's just sake of argument, I have no idea what Robert Downey Jr. gets paid, but let's say he gets paid $10 million as his base salary and he gets 10% of the gross so he'd make 
$20 million. But that's because the Marvel Cinematic Universe is established and and his character, Tony Stark and Iron Man, became the, the linchpin of the entire universe. So every time you played Tony Stark, you got a certain amount of money. Now, he probably didn't get the same amount of money when he appeared in Spider-Man Homecoming, you know, because he wasn't in the whole movie, but he got something good and he probably took also uh, part of the gross of that. Uh, he negotiated a smaller upfront salary for more on what's called the back end. So it depends. Now, here's the thing. When you're making an independent movie, let's say a friend of Robert Downey Jr.'s is making a film for $5 million, which is a relatively low-budget indie movie. If Robert Downey Jr. wanted to be in it, well, because he's already filthy rich and he knows the budget's only $5 million, he probably would work for what's called scale. Scale is the lowest amount of money a uh, um, an actor who's part of the Screen Actors Guild can make. I don't know exactly what scale is now, but let's just say for the sake of argument, could even be something like $300 a day. And on low-budget indie movies, especially if Robert Downey Jr.'s in it, he probably has other pretty big cast members in it as well, they work for what's called favored nations, when everybody gets paid the same amount of money. And a lot of actors will do this, like when Joss Whedon made A Midsummer Night's Dream or something, and he shoots the movie at his house. You know, he'll get people to come in, great actors to come in, and they forego their normal fees to be in the movie and shoot it for two weeks or however they want to do that. And that's how that works. It's a really good question. But, um, yeah, I mean, you can't – an indie film could never afford to pay Robert Downey Jr. what he would normally make um, on a movie, on a Marvel movie. And, and nor should he get paid that much money because it's a totally different thing. Uh, Tom G., Sends in a tip and says, hi, John and Rob. Hello. I can't take credit for this theory, but I saw someone suggest that Barry was the one spreading that rumor about Aquaman, which makes the F you Barry even more funny to me. I love that idea. It's something Barry would do. I absolutely believe you are correct. Barry Allen totally made up that rumor to rib, to give uh, Aquaman, to give Arthur Curry a hard time. And he absolutely did do that. And, uh, I agree. I think that's, I, I totally believe in that. I think your friend's absolutely right. I think it's true. Or someone suggests, maybe it's not your friend, but I like that theory. It's now part of my head canon. It'll never go away. I totally believe that's exactly what happened. Absolutely. hundred percent. Tom G says, hi, John and Rob. Speaking of hot toys. Oh, those are two words. I just love hearing together. Listen to that hot toys. Love it. Speaking of hot toys lately, I just ordered Flash and Aquaman to complete my Justice League lineup until Cyborg comes out. On Weekly Hero, Rob used to bring in and show off a hot toy each week. Any chance he can do that again on the John Campy Show? Happy to do it. Then I can write them all off. You know, that's that's something for John to decide. Maybe I could. Maybe I'll just bring one in. If I just bring in a hot toy and show it, what's John going to do? Say no? Uh, <clears throat> do you want to taste it? <laughs> Okay, kudos for you. Do you want to taste it? That is funny. Do you want to taste it? I don't know. I don't know if I want to taste it, what Wanda's dishing out, but do I want to taste it? Probably. Uh, I sh I'm sure I'm not the first and won't be the last, but I think Wong is a goner in Multiverse of Madness. They made him Sorcerer Supreme for Wanda to kill him without the impact of killing a main Avenger while also making Wanda seem like a real threat by killing the Sorcerer Supreme. Well, do you want to taste it? I love Wong. I love Benedict Wong. I don't want Wong to die. But 
You got to up those stakes. Do you want to taste it? I'm sorry to say, I think you might be right. Now, this does not come from a place of knowledge. I, I, what we learned about the movie didn't get into that, so I don't know. But uh, I like that idea. I don't want Wong to die. But I like I like the idea. I like where you're going with that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think it's good. <clears throat> Green Arrows. Wait. Green Arrows foreign butthole. Foreign? Oh. Green Arrows foreign butthole. <laughs> Sends in a tip and says... The way Deadpool could show up in the multiverse of madness without your source lying to you is that if he's in the PC and they haven't filmed it yet. I never thought about that. But the movie does come out in May. Hmm. Hmm. Just a scene where he sneaks into the MCU through a crack in the multiverse could be filmed a few weeks before the release. Huh. That's a pretty... I like that idea. Now, right now, we have it on very good authority that he's not in the film, but your scenario, our, our sources wouldn't be lying because it hasn't happened yet. Hmm, I like this. I like this. I like this a lot. Green Arrow's foreign butthole. I like the way you think. I like your process. I'm in. You know what? I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna have to follow this down the rabbit hole and see what I can turn up. Alfred gives birth to Robin. Sends in a tip and says, hey, John and Rob, it's me. Uh, I was one of the lucky few to see the Batman. As per embargo rules, I cannot give you my review. But I will say this, Val Kilmer, Batman Forever Smile. Wow, okay. I've heard from other people, too, that we're all going to be smiling in a few days. I hope that's true. I'm glad you got to see it. Did you see it on the Warner Brothers lot in the Steve Roth, Roth Theater? My favorite movie theater in Los Angeles that is not a commercial theater. Uh, Nick Tomasello, John and Rob, and gang, what is good? Well, you know what's good? You are, Nick, for supporting this channel. I want to thank you for that. First-time donor, and I listen to your show every day as I bike around Brooklyn. Love it. I love that you're biking around Brooklyn, even in the winter, even in the, in the snow. Avid fan of both Art House and Tent Poles, and I love how wholesome the gang is. Thank you for everything. Wholesome? Wholesome? We're wholesome? We can bring on the filthy as much as the next person, Nick. We might appear wholesome, but deep down, we are filthy, filthy, filthy individuals. We're ready to rock and roll and drop trow at the drop fat. But I appreciate what you're saying. This is a family show, after all. <clears throat> uh, uh, Game Teach sends in. I think it's Teach, right? Game Teach. That's cool. I like the way you did that. Hi, John and team. Me and my wife love the show. Can I ask your thoughts about the new Bioshock film coming to Netflix? I'm so excited about seeing Rapture and live action and just wanted to know. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free and Anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you have played any of the games in your thoughts, I played the first Bioshock game and it was beautiful. I mean, it was, I think one of the cool things about this in live action is to see these environments and uh, the things going on. I mean, I, I, to me, it seems like it's going to be expensive. But I, I'm with you, man. I would, I, I can't wait to see what they do with the uh, Bioshock game, uh, series. I mean, but it's gonna, it's gotta be expensive, right? I don't know much about it, but I'm with you. I'm with you. Garrett sends in a tip and says, "Hi, John, Rob, and crew. Have you seen February's subscriber cover of Empire Magazine? It's a very cool take on the Batman." P.S. I also started reading Mickey Seven. So far, so good. Of course, Mickey Seven is the book they're turning into a uh, the novel they're turning into a science fiction movie. I'm glad it's good. Is it like Moon? I don't know. Uh, I love Empire. I got to see what that cover is. I'm a huge Empire Magazine fan. I appeared in in uh, in Empire Magazine once. I was at the Cannes Film Festival, and uh, I was trying to drum up interest for my movie. And I was at this party that was, to be honest, kind of boring. And uh, it was this beautiful chateau up in the hills. And I made some pro- proclamation that um, uh, come see my movie tomorrow when it's screened at the market. And I dove into the pool with all my clothes on. And I wasn't the only one. And someone from Empire took a picture of me in mid-dive. I dove into the pool. And the caption on the photo said, another nameless director and a shameless act of self-promotion, which is going to be the name of my autobiography if i ever write it not that i will but i'm glad you like mickey seven uh bk dan says john and rob regarding the show 222 my opinion mads isn't the best hannibal although i say his portrayal wasn't a terrifying elegance it was more of a cold calculating presence um oh i i you know Maybe it was because I said that Mads Mikkelsen was my favorite Hannibal Lecter. I think he is the best, although I say his portrayal wasn't a terrifying elegance. It's more of a cold, calculating presence. I buy that. All right. I buy that. He's still, I mean, it's still my favorite uh, version of the character. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with Mads Mikkelsen. I, that's why I can't wait to see him in, uh, in uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore. I think it's going to be good. I think he's going to be great. I love him. Dr. Nova's back. The only cameo for Deadpool that I care about is this. Deadpool 3 opens and Hugh Jackman is on the red carpet for his latest movie with Ryan Reynolds there. And someone probably, Deadpool, says, hey, you want to be in Deadpool 3? And then he says, no. (laughs) I'd actually, that would be awesome. I'm not going to lie. I would love to see that. I think that would be absolutely awesome. Uh, Dangerous D, yo, Dangerous D sends in a tip and says, Hi, John. 50 Cent is developing a live-action movie for DC Comics 
Zero. He's a black assassin who disguises himself as a white man to blend in. This concept of using various disguises reminds me of the human target, and Warner Brothers tried to make that into a series, starring Rick Springfield back in 1992, I remember that, and failed. Then in 2010, starring Mark Valley, and it lasted two seasons. I like this version. If this character wasn't able to be a success, do you think the Zero character has a chance? Pun intended. <laughs> what do you think? I think so, you know, and also 50 Cent has a, a huge audience and uh, he's doing well in television in the past. If he's going to do this, I think I would watch it. I think it absolutely has a chance to succeed. Um, I like this, this, the idea that he's a black assassin that disguises himself as a white man. I mean, uh, I like that. I like when people race or gender swap to hide, hide in plain sight. I mean, I think it'd be great. Now, by the way, I love 50 Cent, so bring it on. Uh, I like that. Tom says, in relation to the Wolverine news for Doctor Strange, I know he would more than likely be recast, but could this be linked to the picture that Hugh Jackman uploaded a while ago with him and Kevin Feige on Instagram? It included a Boss Logic picture too. Uh, wait, is that only one? Oh, you only have one there. Tom, let me tell you. Why not? I mean, this is something that I, the information that John was talking about, we don't have any information about something like this, but I could see that happening. I mean, there's no reason why in a, in a different multiverse uh, place that Wolverine didn't die. And uh, maybe he's, his relationship with Charles Xavier continued on and Charles didn't lose his marbles and mutants weren't all killed and he's joined the Illuminati or something, but I could absolutely see that happen. And you know, he doesn't have to get as jacked up as he was in Logan, but he could be wearing a suit. You know, if it's Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, people would get it. So I think mm, I wouldn't put it past him. Why not? Why not? When, and, and by the way, I, as you all know, I'm always of the opinion, wouldn't it be cool if, wouldn't it be cool if Hugh Jackman as Wolverine was in Multiverse of Madness? My answer to that question is yes. Yes, it would be. It would be mega cool if he was, but I don't know if he is. But it would be cool. <clears throat> Overview says, hi, John. If Glenda Jackson had not gone into politics, do you think she might have got more Oscars with all of her theater and TV awards? Shouldn't she be in the GOAT conversation? Ooh, first of all, I love Glenda Jackson. I love her. She was in a great movie with Walter Matthau called Hopscotch that if you haven't seen it, it's a delightful movie. I highly recommend it. I definitely think she probably could be a goat. Um, love her to death. By the way, kudos to you for dropping Glenda Jackson. I don't think in the entire time I've streamed with John Campia, beginning, by the way, April, this April, April of 2022, will mark my seventh year streaming with John Campia. You believe that? Seven years. But I don't think in all of that time, at least if my ailing memory serves, as you know, I'm getting older every day and I'm closer to death. Uh, I don't think anyone's ever brought up Glenda Jackson. I don't think so. But uh, kudos to you for doing so. I think you're right. I think she definitely could have been in there. And I, I love her. I love her. And go watch Hopscotch. I think you're going to really like it. Uh, it's on Criterion. Put it on Blu-ray. So maybe it's on the Criterion channel. Thanos is king, yo. One of three. Hey, John, I've been a fan since the AMC days. First-time writer, though. Well, thank you for writing and supporting the channel. I have a Doctor Strange 2 theory. 
which is that the entire X-Men universe we already know is actually MCU canon. X-Men The Last Stand came out in 2006 before the MCU launched. In 2008, the Deadpool movies and Logan take place after Multiverse of Madness. Mutants have always been around, but at some point Wanda said no more mutants, erasing all memory of them and turning the characters back into regular humans. And that event referred to in Logan with Professor X accidentally killing some X-Men off screen is the moment when Wanda says no more mutants, resetting the MCU timeline back to what we know since the first Iron Man. Obviously there are plot holes as with any theory, but who cares? Well, Thanos is king, as you know, we have been postulating, not just us, but a lot of people have been postulating something very similar to this. <clears throat> I find your timeline interesting. I think that's really, really, that's really an interesting way to go. But I, I, I look, again, I always go back to wouldn't it be cool if. So I kind of think that you might be onto something here. I, and, I, and you know, if you've watched the show for any length of time, you know that John and I are big big fans of this theory i think it'd be dope if it happened i would love that uh i love house of m and i pulled out my hardcovers the other day it's gonna reread the whole storyline because it's pretty good but you know what you know what's really cool you know what i forgot about the house of m storyline and I, I i i wholeheartedly recommend all of you to do this read avengers disassembled first that's right avengers disassembled because it tees up everything about wanda and then follow it right off the cliff to house of M. So read Avengers disassembled, which is another great Avengers story. So read Avengers disassembled and then read house of M in your preparation for seeing Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. But I like this idea. I like this idea that you've postulated here. I don't know if it's going to be the exact way it's done, but very fascinating. I think, uh, I think you might be right. I, I mean, I'm hoping they go this way because I just think it'd be really cool if they did. I mean, I don't know if they're gonna, but it'd be cool if they did. Say, man, you got a joint? No, it'd be a lot cooler if you did. That's a little, uh, it's not a very good Matthew McConaughey impression, but that is from Richard Linklater's Dazed and Confused. If you haven't seen Dazed and Confused, why haven't you? Because it's great. Go watch it now. It's got a great soundtrack. <clears throat> And that's where all right, all right, all right comes from. Check it out. Koa1708 says, I have six-hour layover in Toronto. Is that enough time to leave the airport for some sightseeing? Any recommendations? I I don't because I've never been to Toronto. I've been to Montreal. I've been to Calgary. I've been to, uh, I've been to Vancouver. I've been to Victoria. I've been to Edmonton. been to Winnipeg. But I've never been to Toronto. What's wrong with me? I really want to go. But I haven't. <clears throat> I've never gone, so I can't tell you. But uh, now, see, I want to know. I want to know. Did you, in fact, have you already gone since you sent in this tip? And what was it like? Tell us what you thought of Toronto. Mister Cinematic says it is crazy to me that Batman Begins came out when I was in the first grade, and now I'm 23. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. That's terrifying. I think it's one of the few comic book movies from the early 2000s that doesn't feel cheesy. Also, love the horror element of Scarecrow. It scared the shit out of me as a kid. Mr. Cinematic, I'm right there with you. You know, watching it again for our uh, movie club that we recorded yesterday, and if you haven't heard it, we did a movie club on Batman Begins. Ray Ora, John, and myself. I was struck 
um, by how horrific it was. I'd forgotten just how when, when you see the scarecrow when you're affected by his his gas, just how terrifying that was. And the nightmare Batman, you know, the nightmare that gets in Scarecrow's face, that shit was horrifying. It was really, really good. And I had forgotten just how horrific it was, but you are absolutely right. I, I, I was a little older than you when I saw it for the first time, but if I was a kid, that would have scared the bejesus out of me. So I can understand why you were scared. Garden Variety Vagabond sends in a very nice tip. Thank you, Garden Variety Vagabond. Hey team, I sadly have to add myself to the list of those who enjoyed you all the while in the ICU. I had a small heart attack last week and was kept company by the John Campia team. Thanks for all you do. Well, Garden Variety Vagabond, you're still with us. And you know what? If we could if we could carry you through these trying times, physical times, I'd say our job is done. But it's not done because we have to come back each and every day for you. As long as you're feeling better and all my hopes and dreams are going with you right now because I hope you have a speedy recovery. Remember, you got to eat better and work out all the time. Is that what you have to do? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea what you're supposed to do. Um, but I'm glad you're still with us. And thank you so much for that tip. That was very nice. And you make sure that you hug all your loved ones. Tell them how much you love them. And tell them every one of your madness, uh, of multiverse of madness theories. Because <laughs> why not? But I'm glad you're still here, sir. And thanks for supporting the channel. And he comes back. Garden Variety Vagabond says, Team, I am looking forward to seeing the end game with Marina Baccarin. And, of course, John John said he liked it. I want to watch it. I, you know, I I, I like the, the blacklist. I mean, it does look a little network TV for me, but it looks cool. I like the premise. Um, of course, our minds go to Avengers Endgame. But do not sleep on the Canadian show Endgame about a Russian chess master who solved crimes with agoraphobia and by never leaving his hotel. Is that a real show? You, it must be. The Canadian show Endgame about a Russian. I've never heard of that show. Garden Variety Vagabond C, you have something to teach even me. I'll watch that. And John said he liked Endgame. So I'll, I'm going to watch. And who doesn't like Maria Bacaran? I mean, I love it. Love her. Garden Variety Vagabond uh, goes on even further and says, Team, I am not a horror fan with a small list of exceptions, but let me add my resounding appreciation for Archive 81. So intriguing. Had me binging straight through. I've not listened to the podcast it was based on, but I imagine listening with the lights out. Garden Variety Vagabond, I watched all of Archive 81, and I really, I enjoyed it. Now, it's, okay, I'll tell you something. I kind of feel... So Benson and Moorhead, these guys who directed a few of the episodes, who've directed some Moon Knight, they made some really interesting genre movies. They made Synchronic with Anthony Mackie. They made Resolution and The Endless. And here's the crazy thing. I believe Resolution was their first movie. But Resolution and The Endless and Archive 81, to me, and, and their movie Spring, Spring is great. I love all of their movies. And... I don't know quite how to put this, but I think they've created sort of a new genre. It's not a big budget genre, but it's a heady, frothy mix of science fiction concepts and horror, but yet firmly set in the real world. I mean, Archive 81 gets really bonkers, but it's it's done in a very naturalistic way. It's got great horror elements. And you know me, if you watch this show for any length of time, give me any kind of a satanic or demonic cult. I love people that worship demons. 
because they're wrong and they usually get their comeuppance and that's always fun. But, you know, I, I there's something about shows about cults. And when I knew that Archive 81 is it moved along, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's like a demonic cult here. I'm like, brah. I loved it. I thought it was so good. But I really enjoyed it. It's an intriguing show. It's really well done. It's very well acted. And I don't know if it entirely stuck the landing for me, to be honest. But I did really like the show. It's it's very intriguing and it's intellectually stimulating. Scarecrow. Scarecrow. All right. Scarecrow says, loved your movie club Batman Begins. Well, thank you very much. That's very nice of you. I grew up with the animated Batman series and Batman Beyond. Batman Begins was everything I hoped for. I hate the 80s and 90s Batman films. In my opinion, they were goofy and dripping with cheese. Thank God for Nolan's vision. You know what? I Scarecrow, I totally see where you're coming from. To me, it's all about tone, and I think Nolan's films struck the right tone. And if all indications are that uh, Matt Reeves has done exactly the same thing, but even more so with The Batman, I don't think there's going to be an ounce of cheese on that. Um, but I, I agree with you. Even the Tim Burton movies have a lot of cheese in them. Um, they do. Uh, but, but I think that they're fun, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, it's all a tonal issue and the animated Batman series and Batman beyond did such a really good job of, uh, encapsulating that character and giving us a vision, so to speak of what that character could and should be. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I am with you. Alec. My balls says, hey, John, I think it's possible that Raimi would put McGuire's Spidey in Doctor Strange 2 just to explore what happened with the character post Spider-Man 3. It would give him closure considering he wanted to redeem himself with the fourth movie that never happened. Dude, Alec, you know what? That's a great idea. You know, normally we're always speculating. Well, I think Tobey Maguire is going to be in Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man's Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is going to be in the Multiverse of Madness because of Sam Raimi. That's a great idea. But I'm like, well, so how would they put him in there? I love your idea that this multiverse would explore what happened to Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker after Spider-Man 3. I love this idea. I think this is I like where your head's at. I like what you're thinking. Maybe that will happen. We don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea, but it, it, I love this. I love this idea. Lee Crow sent. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And a $20 tip. Thank you, Lee. Due to my job, I can never catch it live. But I love movie clubs so much. Please know there are those of us out there that watch the movies again and feel like part of the conversation, although we aren't there live. I love revisiting old favorites. Keep it up. Well, Lee Crow, as you might know, Next week, we're doing Raiders of the Lost Ark, which Ray Ora never has seen that. And he liked Uncharted. Wait till he gets a load of Indiana Jones. It, it, it's really great that you uh, like the movie club. I have so much fun doing that. And I feel the same way. We get to go revisit these movies that we love and we have a conversation about them and we can share our enthusiasms about these movies. Um, I think that's really important. And I really like discussing them with Ray and with John. I think we all have interesting perspectives and 
I'm looking forward to it. You know, I, it's funny. I suggested, by the way, since John isn't here, whoever's going to watch this, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go like post in the regular John Campia show and said, we think Rob Burnett's idea to do Jaws as a movie club movie is a really good idea. But don't tell him I told you that I said this on the show, on, on this mailbag. Because he, he watches to make sure I'm doing an okay job, but I don't think he's going to watch this far into the show. So just randomly start posting everywhere. And on Twitter, tag John. John, don't. and by the way, don't tell him I said it. You guys should do Jaws on uh, Movie Club. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out that I probably said it, say it. But I'm glad you love Movie Club, Lee. We're going to keep doing it as long as it's a blast. And it is a blast because uh, it's fun. Uh, John... No, wait, hang on. James LH sends in a tip and says, John, one of two. I joined Patreon August 2018. I've enjoyed supporting this show and will continue to do so, whatever methods such as messages when I can. I appreciate your recent announcement regarding Patreon. Also, you may recall I wrote to you uh, after a heart, uh, a heart attack. That day I was due to see Jaws for the first time in the cinema. I remember that. Obviously, I missed it. I am not missing The Godfather, never seen it in the cinema. Busy week at Cineworld upcoming, The Godfather, Cyrano, The Duke, Dog, lastly, The Batman. Joys of Unlimited, uh, oh, I guess you, that's, you're just ending it there. The Joys of Unlimited, I guess that would mean, uh, what, what cinema did you go to? Um, oh, you don't say. But first of all, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad you've recovered, which is awesome. And what a great, what a great time. And I have to say this, you know, um, I really love The Godfather. I, it's, it, it, it very well may be my favorite movie of all time. And, and something Coppola once said about The Godfather, you could look at it as a mafia movie and it doesn't have the visual pyrotechnics or maybe the overt fun of a movie like Goodfellas or Scarface. But Coppola approached The Godfather and he called it a movie about a king and his three sons, his heirs apparent. And if you look at it from that perspective, I think it has a great, it's very Shakespearean. There are many lessons to be learned. And it's a really thoughtful movie, just like Godfather 2 is as well. And, and both of those movies together are just really epic cinema. So, uh, I, you know, I, I can't wait to see it on the big screen too. So kudos to you, James, and I am glad that you're still with us and hopefully you are feeling better but i'd be curious is your you know i can't tell um you've never seen the godfather in the cinema uh but you have seen it before or, or even if you haven't i'd love to hear your thoughts again when you've seen it what do you think what's it like is it a different experience seeing it on the big screen uh which i think is good uh henry or Henri bertens says the oscars not televising eight categories for an award show is like ESPN cutting out the first two quarters of a football game because they're not as exciting as the third and fourth. Oscars have lost their damn mind. John, do you think my analogy is fair? Henri or Henry? Hell yes, it is. I like the way you think, sir. I totally agree with you. I mean, I'm a film editor. I've been a film editor since 1993. Film editing is an art form. It is something that is also very laborious. You know, and, and the idea that production design and, and a music score. I, I mean, if John Williams won his Oscar for Star Wars, well, he's won more than one, but wouldn't you like to see him get up and accept that as a fan of John Williams? I think it's unbelievably lame that they would do this. And I, but, but I understand John's perspective when he says, okay, 
well, uh, you know, it's got to be a good show for the audience. I I agree, but I have to say that it 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 like it's still first and foremost it is an award show that honors Hollywood is honoring their own. You have other artisans, other well editors honoring their fellow editors. And I think that's really important. At the end of the day, the show and the awards should be more important than the audience is. The audience gets to be a fly on the wall. I know it's it's the Oscars are supposed to be entertainment and all that. I understand that. But if you're going to put less importance on the actual awards and more on the audience, then what the hell? It, then why do it at all? Or why not just, why not give the Oscars out, make an hour-long show and once a week focus on each best best actor, you know, best editor, best director, whatever, and do it over the course of a year or something. I mean, why bother to take out, I mean, I know they're still giving them away, but in the eyes of the public, you're lessening the arts and crafts that, uh, the art and craft that it's required to be a film editor. And it's not an easy thing to do. And I think it's lame, 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 lame that they're doing that. I think it's lame. Uh, but I love, I love your analogy. It's great. Well, sorry, we're not going to show you the first two quarters of the game because what does it matter? Who cares? We're just going to show you the fourth quarter or the third quarter and the fourth quarter. I love that idea. I mean, I think you I think you nailed it. Uh, Trevor Summers sends in a tip and says, Hi, I heard a question asking you which Batman comics to read before watching The Batman. Try Earth One by Jeff Johns. Ooh, good choice. Great early career Batman stories. Anyway, I have my tickets and since I'm over 15 in England... I can go watch it. Hope you can enjoy it too. So what Trevor Summers is referring to, first of all, good pick. Batman, uh, uh, Earth One by Jeff Johns is really good. There's also Superman and I think Wonder Woman. I think there's Green Arrow or Green Lantern too. Those are great comics. The Batman Earth One is really good. So that's a great recommendation, Trevor. I wholeheartedly approve. I give that my tacit approval. Um, and so what Trevor is referring to is in England, in the UK, not in the Republic of Ireland, though, but in the UK, and that, that includes Northern Ireland, the Batman has been rated something, 15-something. So no one under 15 can see it, not even with a parent or guardian. If you're 14 and a half or 14 and 364 days, you are shit out of luck. Come on, UK, why not make it 15A like they've got in the Republic of Ireland and let kids go with their parents? How can you deprive the children of the world of a new Batman movie? Ugh, Phil, it's terrible. Terrible. Why would you do that? I'm going to sneak in. You know what? I feel like I should fly to England just to facilitate helping sneak kids under 15 into the movie theaters. Make sure all girls and boys of every shape, size, color, creed, whatever, every kid should get to see the Batman. No matter who you are, Batman knows no bounds for everyone. Go see it. No, I guess you probably can't do that. It's probably not a good thing to do, but who knows? Trevor? It's going to be great. I can tell. Michael Jones sends in a tip, $20 tip. Well, Michael Jones, thank you very much. I just wanted to say I enjoy the show and watch you every day. Well, thank you very much. I also enjoy the live chat and get to spend a few hours a day in there. It's a great community, and I appreciate everything you do. Well, Michael, it is so good to hear that because so often, I mean, uh, obviously I have my own channel and and uh, on YouTube, The Burnett Work. All of you, go subscribe. If you haven't, why not? But I think one of the great things about YouTube, especially about the community here, is it is a great community. And it is really cool to get into the live chat and um, 
to mix it up with your fellow imagination connoisseurs, your fellow fans of the John Campy show. Uh, why not do that? And, and uh, I think it's great. We have a great community. I'm glad you like the show so much. Um, I love that you're in the live chat and that you watch and that you're getting something out of it. Um, I think when I get my desk or something, I am going to uh, at some point dive in the live chat more. I got to get another computer, <clears throat> but I'll be in the live chat while I'm talking and listening to John. And uh, I want to talk mad smack with the uh, with the audience out there. No, I won't do that. I'll be nice. But um, thank you for supporting this the, the channel, Michael. And I'm glad you dig the show. Good to hear. John Sav says, hi, John, long time, uh, long time you. Hi, John, long time you, our first time tipping. <laughs> In the UK, Europe, and Canada, oh, let me, let me, let me start over, John. <clears throat> John Sav says, hi, John, long time. Uh, I, I think you mean to say I'm a long time viewer, but this is my first time tipping. Well, thank you very much for that. In the UK, in Europe and Canada, our Disney Plus has had R-rated content since last year. We have films like Predator, Terminator, Deadpool, and Die Hard. I can't believe it took this long for the U.S. to get it. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. You know, there's a lot of people in America, on one hand, that think we're all children. And uh, Europeans have been human beings for longer than Americans have mostly because there's human beings that have been in Europe thousands of years longer than they've been here. Um, well, I don't know about indigenous people when they, when they first or the first, the, the uh, first nations people have been here for a lot longer than uh, Europeans, but still, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think that it's weird. Like, you know, you show, I understand predators pretty violent. Maybe you don't want to see young kids seeing predator, but still predators fun, man. And uh, I'm glad that Disney Plus around the world realizes that everyone else is more mature than we are. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully um, we will get these things on Disney Plus. Steven Stranger Things. I like that. Well, that's a good that's a good name. Hi, John and crew. Big fan since the AMC days. I recently watched Harry Potter and the Cursed Child in the theater, and I loved it, meaning a theater as opposed to a movie theater, but an actual theater. And I loved it. Wondering if you guys heard any news on a movie or series adaptation coming up now that the original cast are about the age of their adult selves. Thank you. Well, Stephen Stranger Things, I have not heard about them doing the um, the Cursed Child as a movie, but I can't see why they wouldn't. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Or I, I would kind of love to see those characters grown up in a movie. And, and I mean, you could do a whole new series of Harry Potter movies. And by the way, I think the over and under on that is pretty high. I, I would not surprise me. By the way, I know nothing, nothing. If there's, I have no, no understanding. I've never heard rumors. I do not know if they are going to make more Harry Potter movies, but it wouldn't surprise me because, I mean, that's like a license to print money. So why wouldn't they do that? And who doesn't love Harry Potter? Checkmate nine moves sends in a tip and says, my question is in regards to creative license with modern day soldiers. Ooh, I recently watched 300 again. And after I came down from my testosterone high, I thought, how will our soldiers of today be portrayed in cinema 500 years from now? Like men or more, like men or more. I think that's what you have to say. That's, you know what? That is a really intriguing question. I mean, obviously we know 
we've seen how many portrayals of soldiers in Vietnam or in Korea or, of course, in World War II or World War One or the Civil War. And I think for the most part, the way soldiers have been portrayed, and I've never been, I've never served, so I don't know if this is necessarily true, but I think that like when you watch Saving Private Ryan, you get a pretty accurate or pretty good portrayal of how soldiers worked and reacted and interacted in World War II. Um, so, and there's, there's a lot more information in books and things, I mean, tons more than there was about, say, the soldiers in 300. The Battle of Thermopylae or whatever. Um, yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I, I'll be, that's an interesting question. I think they'll be portrayed pretty accurately the way they're portrayed now, however accurate that may be, because, you know, I, I, I just think that it hasn't changed that much. And there's so much documentation about modern warfare, or at least soldiers in the 20th century and in the 21st century. So, I believe they probably get portrayed pretty accurately, I would imagine. Uh, Aranover, Aranover says, Hi, just wondering if you will hold a UK fan meetup this year or next year. I feel like you guys would enjoy the UK and could see things such as Harry Potter World. You know what? The last time I was in the UK was to see Skyfall 10 years ago. I would love to go back to the UK. I, for those of you who don't know, people say, what do you mean, Rob? Yes, yeah, Skyfall opened two. I'm a huge James Bond fanatic. And Skyfall opened two uh, weeks before in the UK that it opened here. And I wanted to go. It was the 50th anniversary Bond film because Dr. No came out in 1962. This is the 60th anniversary year of the Bond franchise. 2002 is. So I went. Met some friends there, including Terrier, who watches these shows. Terrier came down from Norway. And I love the UK. I was having a good time with my friend Emma. It was so much fun going to the UK. I loved it. So I'd love to do a, a meetup. Uh, I feel like you guys would enjoy the UK and could see things such as the Harry Potter world. I'd love to come to the UK and see Harry Potter world. I just love London is one of my favorite cities in the world. Uh, oh, behave. I love London. I'd love to come to the UK. I think that would be a blast. Michael. Michael sends in a tip and says, hey, John, big fan of the show. Thank you so much. I'm not John, but I appreciate that you're a big fan of the show. You mentioned wanting more behind the scenes for streaming, and I've been wanting Lin-Manuel Miranda to do a director's commentary for Tick, Tick, Boom. Is this something you'd like for streaming projects? Bring on the filthy Michael. As a former Blu-ray and DVD content producer myself, I would love to see more content. Unfortunately, the... The real problem is, is who's going to pay for that? I mean, honestly, I'm not trying to be facetious or anything, but who's going to pay for making that content? Because somebody has to make it. You know, it's not like Lyndon Well Miranda just turns on Tick, Tick, Boom. By the way, I would love to hear that commentary. I loved Tick, Tick, Boom. I loved it, loved it, loved it. But uh, And I'd love to hear what he had to say about it. So, um, yeah. Tick, tick, boom. I would love to hear that commentary. The problem is you got to get someone into a booth. You got to sit them down. You got to record it. So you sound like this. You sound nice. Like I sound right now on this microphone. And I'd like to see more of it. They just, the studios thought it, it wasn't worth the money. And it, it bummed me out. It bums me out. But I would watch anything, especially on that movie. Obi Bram Kenobi. Was that like Bram Stoker? Obi Bram Kenobi says, Rob, good news. 
Turning Red is playing on the big screen at a film festival here in Belgium on the 12th of March. You can always crash crash on my couch. Well, Obi, I've never been to Belgium. I would love to go. I want to go to Bruges. Um, I, I would love it. You know what? Count me in. I'm going. 12th of March, I'll fly out there. Come on, why not? Um, I'll crash on the couch. I have, I'll sleep anywhere. I'll sleep on the floor. It's fine. Uh, I'm coming. Send me your address. I'll show up with bells on. No, I can't really. I'd love to. We're so busy. Uh, March is bad. But um, I want you to go, and I want you to report back. Tell me all about it. What was it like seeing seeing Red in the theater? Of course, we can't. We can't see it because it's only going to be on Disney+. Plus. Anonymous sends in a tip and says, Hi, John and Rob. On the Oscar discussion from the other day, I'd argue that the artists and nominations aren't showing up or accepting awards to be on TV. They're going for the ceremony of it. I think more non-academy people are upset than the actual artists themselves. That could be. I mean, I know I'm not in the academy, but I, I, I just think it devalues the whole thing. But, I mean, you might, you might be right. I just think, you know, I really do believe that in our culture... We devalue everything. Nothing matters anymore. Nothing is special. And I like things that make things or keep things special. And I think the Oscars celebrates, unlike anything else, the art of movie making. It gets everybody together and it celebrates all the different disciplines. And it's important. And when I see that they're getting rid of the editorial credit or the score or hair and makeup, I'm like, these are vital parts of movies. Why would you give them up? You must... You must hold them up. You must respect the craft. You have to respect the craft. And when you don't respect the craft, it just bums me out, man. Uh, Obi Bram Kenobi comes back and says, unpopular opinion. I wouldn't mind seeing Jar Jar Binks pop up in a live action show. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Well, if that's what you want, who am I to say no? I never got the actual hate for the character and what it did to actor Ahmed Best. Apparently, he's mentioned in a novel, but I'm curious to see how he's doing. You know what, Obi-Bram Kenobi, I'll tell you something. This might be, I, I may, it might be unpopular, but since you've brought it up, you know, <clears throat> I think it would be interesting to do a, I did not like the way Jar Jar Binks was portrayed in the movies, but you could take that character and write him, I'll say it, write him a little better and make him less annoying and turn him into a really, really examine the character, uh, find out what he, what, what makes him tick. Where, what does he feel? Where does his family life like? Does he has a, does he have a girlfriend? I mean, they wrote him as such an infantilized George Lucas wrote him as such an infantilized character. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. So Chris Gore, uh, who you might know, Chris Gore from film threat, when Phantom Menace was coming out in 1999, he had the script for Phantom Menace. And he said to me, gave me a copy of it. I still have that copy somewhere. And he said, go home. And when you read this, put on the Star Wars soundtrack and read it. No one knew anything about, I mean, we'd seen that cool trailer for Phantom Menace that begins in the fog where you see the, the, um, the, um, like Captain Tarples or whatever. Is it Captain Tarples? They ride out on those like ostrich things at the beginning. So when I read the script for Phantom Menace, which was pretty similar to the finished movie, in my mind, the tone of it was way different. Like I did not read, geez, I did not read the character of Jar Jar Binks to be like that. I didn't read him. Uh, you know, it was more like if you watched um, the Phantom Editor who did a recut of Phantom Menace, he revoiced Jar Jar Binks with someone, you know, who spoke maybe like this and give Jar Jar Binks a totally different voice and cut out all the stupid 
stuff. Um, it could work. It was all in the tone and the um, the tone and how it was portrayed. And I think if you got in there and did it correctly, well, far be it for me to say correctly, but in a different way than than maybe George Lucas did, I think you know you might have something pretty cool. I think it could work. So I don't. I, I think it would be something really interesting, and you could really explore his character. Uh, Capri Grant. Capri Grant says, Geesh, the Oscars caused a heavy conversation between you guys, laugh out loud. Why don't they just split the Oscars from one night to two nights like WrestleMania? Spread the big categories across both days to keep the audience and star power. Special two-night event. Capri Grant, I would do that. It's just it would be really expensive to shoot because then you'd have to be, it would take twice the prep time. Well, maybe not twice the prep time, but twice the, you'd have to rent that very expensive venue for two nights instead of one. So it might be more cost prohibitive, but I, I don't mind that idea. I think that's a really interesting idea and you have a little bit, and if you kept it to two hours a night, you should be able to do the Oscars in four hours. I think you could do whatever you want. I think that's not a bad idea at all. I like that Capri Grant. Maybe they'll make you be in charge of the Oscars. Anonymous sends in a tip and says, hey everyone, I wanted to ask what happened to Black Mirror? Oh my God. Do I love my black mirror? Look at how dirt. How's my how's my screen so dirty? I didn't even talk into my phone. I put it down. There we go. It's cleaned off now. Um, that was embarrassing. Pretend you didn't see that, my dirty screen. Um uh, hi everyone. I wanted to ask what happened to Black Mirror. I love that show, and there are not more episodes. Was it because of COVID? Also, Rob, do you like the Star Trek like episode? Oh, yes. The the um oh, what was the name? Okay, so first of all. I love Black Mirror. For the most part, I thought most of the episodes were incredible. The first episode was um, the national anthem, the one with the pig. I, I was like, oh, my God. I couldn't believe what I was watching. And then there are, like, Hated in the Nation, which is, like, 90 minutes long. It's like a feature film. I love Black Mirror. And uh, it's the – what's the – it's the cow – what's the name of the ship? The, so they did a Black Mirror episode that's like a Star Trek episode. I want to say it's the Calip. Oh man, I don't remember the name of the episode, but it's a Black Mirror episode, and I love that the McAllister, the USS something like that. Hang on, you know what? Now I need to know. But somebody's calling me, so I can't. Um, USS Mc. Hang on, Black Mirror. USS Callister. I was right. It's USS Callister. That's the name of the episode. Um, I love that. I thought it was great. Jesse Plemons, man. Who knew going from Friday Night Lights to the USS Callister to marrying Kirsten Dunst and being nominated for an Oscar for Power of the Dog? Wow, what a what a career arc that guy's had. That guy is winning. He probably drinks his tiger blood. So, uh, yes, I love Black Mirror. I love Black Mirror. Love it. And where is it gone? You know, I don't know, man. It moved over to Netflix. I hope they make more episodes, <coughs> excuse me, because I really do love that show. Really do love it. I think it's great. I don't know why they haven't made more, but they should make more. Anonymous goes on to say, also, Ray should do a YouTube channel or a John Campia show called Game Talk. That's not a bad idea. Ray Ora's Game Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, Game Talk with Ray Ora. I think it's not bad. I'm going to throw that out to John. I am. <clears throat> Capri Grant comes back and has more tips. One of two. I've been thinking about the X-Men issue in the MCU, and to be honest, 
I think Marvel should just have an X-Men specific variant timeline that doesn't adhere to the MCU's sacred timeline. With the multiverse, they can always cross over and interact. Otherwise, two of two, the only real option they have to introduce mutants into the universe in a way that makes sense is to have Wanda edit reality to either bring them in or have erased knowledge of them somehow. I agree, and you know what? I We've been talking about this a lot. We talked about this. I talked about it with some of you, some of you earlier in this actual mailbag. I love this idea. It's right out of the comics. It's canonical. It makes it really interesting. I think it could be fantastic if they did that. I really do. I hope they do. I think it's a great way to bring in mutants into the MCU. Uh, good stuff. I hundred percent. Um, Capri Grant goes on and says, Oh, wait a minute. One of two and two of two. Um, so wait a minute. Uh, let me start again. One of two, two of two. Okay. And then, Oh, this is a, this is a different thought now. Okay. Capri Grant got to make sure I, you get your money's worth here. This is an additional thought about Wanda bringing the X-Men into the main sacred timeline but the damage and destruction brought up in Civil War and continued incidents in new MCU movies and shows, WandaVision, Far From Home, Eternals, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, etc. It can all play into the part of humanity's fear and hatred of superpowered individuals, kind of proving Zemo right about powers as a whole. Really, the building blocks for a great X-Men story and conflict is there. Interesting to see how it's handled. Ooh, I agree with you. I like the way you're thinking. Uh, Capri Grant, I think that I, 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 um, I don't think you're wrong. I did look, I hope they do it. I mean, the X-Men are so rich. I want them to be brought into the MCU. I want them to coexist with all of our other characters, but it's going to take some finesse. Although I have to believe this is why, cause they, they plan everything. I can't believe that, that I, if this is the way they're doing it, if, if, if they're going to use multiverse of madness to bring back. And also you could even say this. So what if, I know, go with me on this. You've got the multiverse, you have the sacred timeline, which is maybe different than the multiverse. But what if it's Wanda who created, fractured the universe and then created the multiverse and through the end. And I don't, again, I don't know if this is what they're doing, but Kang is a different thing. Kang's actually traveling through timelines, but the multiverse is different, although, although uh, they really need to clarify this. But what if at the end of Multiverse of Madness, the multiverse is, they got rid of that, so there's we get our one, our one universe back. The mutants are brought back, and time is put back together because Wanda, unbeknownst to us, fractured the universe into the multiverse. It was Wanda Maximoff who created the multiverse, and then it all gets put back. I mean, I, again, I don't know how they do that, but I think that they probably could do something like that, sort of. I mean, we'll see. I, I don't know. Some dude sends in a tip and says, get this. Cap fist fought Iron Man for several minutes. Iron Man fist fought Thor for several minutes. Thor fought Hulk for several minutes. Therefore, by transitive property, Cap can fist fight the Hulk and hold his own. The MCU's power levels are weird. Well, that's interesting, some dude. Um, and think about that. Very, very interesting. Our friend, the Jughead One, the Jughead One from the UK, aren't you? I know who you are. Uh, hi, John, Robert, and Ray. I loved your Batman Begins. First of all, let me go back to some dude before I start with the Jughead. 
Yeah, one of the things you some dude, you know what? You're you're absolutely right in that the power levels in the MCU are inconsistent. And I wish that there was more clarity on that. I think it's been okay, but sometimes, like you're pointing out, the transitive properties. By the way, good good uh, good concept there. You're. I mean, I I I I cannot fault your logic. I wish, of course, that um, it wasn't quite the case, but unfortunately, it is that their powers are kind of weirdly defined. Now, on to the Jughead. The Jughead says, Hi, John, Robert, and Ray. I loved your Batman Begins movie night last Tuesday. I agree with Ray. Batman Begins is still my favorite Batman movie so far, and Bat Bale is still my favorite Batman. I have a sneaking suspicion that Bat Pat could usurp my current... Uh, current... Wait a minute. Hang on a second. One, oh. Wait a minute. Three and four. Hang on. Could usurp my current favorite? Maybe it's favorite. By the way, I apologize for missing the name of your female guest. I don't know who will be on when you receive these messages. Well, Aaron was here. Maybe Chris will come back. Like I stated before, John, what stops Batman Begins being perfect are the shoddy fight scenes. Batman is one of, Bat, Batman is one of the best hand-to-hand -hand combatants in the world, and the Nolan films did not reflect that. I totally agree. I still love them, though, and I love... The Dark Knight Rises, that opening scene when Bane is rescued, brilliant. I defy anyone to name a better opening sequence. And the Jughead goes on to say, in a comic book movie, anyway, Stonebanks, or I mean John, let's all revel and enjoy the feast being offered up to us by Matt Reeves this March. Love and respect to you, John, Robert, Ray, and your female guest all the way from the UK, guys. And see, I knew you were from the UK, Jughead, because you know that I know you. <clears throat> Look, I think that it's it's you know it's kind of a general consensus i think that the 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 hand-to-hand -hand combat seeds all the way back to jim tim jim tim burton's batman in 89 have not been great i think a lot of that is because of the way the costumes have been done uh, it got a little better with bale's batman but that's why i have to say watching that clip yet was it yesterday it was yesterday that they dropped of catwoman and batman fighting that was Bar none, hands down, the best hand-to-hand -hand combat that I've seen in the Batman movie. And just the way that it was cut and really emphasized, you really got a sense of the movement and there was multiple moves. Because, you know, when you're an editor and you don't have enough action or or the action's a little lackluster or people punch too, uh, not hard enough, in order to create a sense of movement, someone throws a punch and then you cut to a guy going like this, boom, getting hit, Right as opposed to letting the, the shot extend and last, where you see the punch connect with somebody in a shot. If you don't have the, the choreography or you don't have the costume where you can move, you know, fast enough, faint and, you know, it's if you don't have that, um, and that's, that's me, you know, putting my arms up, uh, you can't make a good fight scene. It looks like they've got the choreography down in the Batman. It looks really great because there's multiple moves when they're fighting and the cat the catwoman thing in particular was really really it was really good really good our friend stubble machave all the way from sweden stubble says i'm okay with there being a kid's table at the oscars but editing sound production design and score should sit with the grown-ups with the rest of the adults there is a value associated with having it live compared to showing an edited montage stubble once again 
you and I park our shuttlecraft in the same shuttle bay. I couldn't agree with you more. And you're absolutely right. I mean, my God, these are major, major uh, filmmaking. That's how it works, people. This is how it works. And I don't know why, you know, I don't know why they would do that. I mean, I get it, as John pointed out, and he's not wrong. But the thing is, the Oscars are first and foremost honoring the industry. I know they've turned it into a TV show and they have to make it an entertaining show. I get that. But I just think that that why not make the show they want and let people tune in, that you're tailoring the Oscars for your audience. I, I understand what John's saying, but I think first and foremost, the Oscars should be tailored to the people that are going to the Oscars, the industry people that it's honoring. Um, and we're, we should all just be flies on the wall. The idea that we're trying to, they've always wanted to make an Oscar show that um, entertains everybody. I think it's so, kind of strange. I like going back and looking at clips from the Oscars, like from the 60s, because they were not that concerned about the showmanship of it all. Uh, I believe, at least, because I, I haven't watched. It's funny, I've never seen an entire Oscar broadcast from before I was born. Uh, I've only seen clips, and it is pretty interesting. But... I agree with you. The grown-up table. Uh, Chaplin's girl says, I just saw a trailer for Under the Banner of Heaven, a new FX limited series starring Andrew Garfield. It's based on a true crime bestseller by John Krakauer, and I'm excited to see this. I hear the book is great. Another to add to my reading list. I have heard of this show, but I don't know what it's about. Now that I know it's by a book by John Krakauer, who wrote, he wrote Into Thin Air, the, the climbing accident book, right? Um, I love that title under the banner of heaven. Count me in. I'm I count me in. I am in, in like Flynn. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to look it up. Let's find out. You know, I've got this newfangled thing called the internet. So why don't I, uh, read that? Let's see. Uh, under the banner of heaven. Let's see what it's about. Since you're here and since I'm reading it, wouldn't you like to know what Under the Banner of Heaven... Okay, here we go. Under the Banner of Heaven, A Story of Violent Faith is a nonfiction book by author John Krakauer, first published in July of 2003. He investigated and juxtaposed two histories, the origin and evolution of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the LDS Church, the Mormons, and a modern double murder committed in the name of God by brothers Ron and Dan Lafferty, who subscribed to a fundamentalist version of Mormonism. Wow, that sounds pretty heady. The Lafferty's were former members of a very small splinter group called the School of Prophets, led by Robert C. Crossfield, also known by his prophet name Onias. 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 The group accepts many beliefs of the original Latter-day Saints Church at the time when it ceased the practice of polygamy in the 1890s but it does not identify with those who call themselves fundamentalist Mormons. The book examines the ideology of both, both the LDS church and the fundamentalist Mormons uh, polygamous groups, such as the fundamentalist church of Latter-day Saints. The book was adapted as under the banner of heaven, a limited series that will air in the spring of 2022. Fascinating. I love stories about faith and religion of any kind. So I will definitely tune in and chaplain's girl. There's a trailer, which means I can go watch that too. I want to thank you for putting this on my radar. One of the great joys of this show is not just um, us pontificating about what we think. I love hearing about stuff that you guys are excited about that I haven't heard of. So Chaplain's Girl, thank you for this. Under the Banner of Heaven. That's That goes right to the top of my list. Parker Thwips. 
Parker Thwips. I'm an animator at DreamWorks and would love to hear your guys' take on our new film, The Bad Guys. We've just released our second trailer and we're very excited about it. The reactions so far have been positive. What do you guys think? Well, I don't know. Uh, I can't play the trailer now, but I promise I will watch it. The Bad Guys. Let me see. Again, this newfangled thing called the internet on my phone. Um, so since we're here and since uh, it's, oh, I, you know what? Uh, I'm in already. Oh, this looks awesome. Wow. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. Oh, you can't see it anyway. Uh, okay, there's animals. There's a shark. I'm in. That's all I need to know. Uh, with, even with the sound off, I'm watching this. The bad guys. The bad guys looks great. I love the animation style. The character designs are awesome. Uh, <clears throat> count me in. When is that coming out? How is, how is uh, DreamWorks animation these days? This looks really good. I am a fan. Take that to the bank. Again, that doesn't mean I'm going to think that the whole movie's great, but from this brief moment that I just watched, count me in, it looks a lot of fun. Um, and I, you know, DreamWorks Animation, come on, Shrek, what's up? Uh, I hope you guys are, um, are, are going to kill it, and this looks good. The bad guys. BK Dan says, John Rob, my prediction will be the Netflix Marvel shows will come to Disney Plus in the States, but they'll make it the same as the UK Disney Plus star. The sixth option on Disney Plus in some countries. Yeah, you know, I've heard about this. So Disney Plus has this thing called star where the adult content goes. I can absolutely see that happening here in the States because they've already tested it. They already know how to make it work. And uh, I think you might be right about that. And now... That brings me to the end of this day's, today's, this day's mailbag. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, just when I was getting, just when I was getting all fired up, man, there's no more questions to answer. I want to thank everybody who generously supports this channel uh, via Super Chats and tips and uh, Patreons, and even though we're ending that and all that, uh, thank you from all of our hearts, John's heart, Ray's heart, Aaron's heart, Chris's heart, and especially my heart. Uh, thank you all very much. We love hearing from you. We love hearing from you. Even if you like something, or don't like something, we love hearing from you. If you tell us something that uh, we should watch, I love that too. And even if you're working on a DreamWorks animated project, like the bad guys, we like hearing from you. So thank you very much. My name is, of course, Robert Meyer Burnett, or as some people call me, just Bob Burnett or Rob Burnett or RMB. I don't know, whatever you want to call me. And you can find me on Twitter at Burnett RM. Find me on Instagram at Robert Meyer Burnett or RMB. I don't know what I am on Instagram. But if you look up Robert Meyer Burnett, I should be on Instagram. Find me there or find me on my own YouTube channel, The Burnett Work, and my show, Robservations. And if you like physical media, and you should, tune in to Let's Get Physical Media every Sunday at 11 p.m. or 11, pardon me, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Me and Dieter Bastian from Saarbrücken, Deutschland, talk all about physical media that we're trying to get John Campia to buy. But he never does, uh, which is too bad because he's got a PlayStation 5, which means he's got a 4K disc player. He's got one right out there. Maybe we can bamboozle John into buying some physical media. Maybe I'll just have to bring it over to him. I don't think he'd watch it, though. But anyway, thank you for all your letters. Thank you for your tips. Thank you for allowing me to talk and watch me for the last hour. And how long was this? Hour and 20 minutes we've spent together. Thanks very much. I very much appreciate it. Yes, I do.